Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and it's the week in review, and that's on November 14th. Man, this year has flown by. I hope you enjoyed my last episode of that full gear review. I enjoyed that show for the most part. I just thought it got over long at the end. It kind of it could have kind of edited some stuff out and kind of shortened it, but I enjoyed that show nonetheless. But before I get into the weekend review where I cover Raw, NWA Power, and AEW Dynamite, I would like to talk about a bit of news. As you might have seen already on WWE Backstage this week, CM Punk is back in WWE, but not the way you thought he would be. He is now a special contributor and analyst on WWE Backstage. So this was actually a Fox deal, not a WWE deal, but WWE had to give their blessing in order for this deal to be done, but it is a Fox deal. But you know what? I'm just really excited to see CM Punk back in pro wrestling in some kind of capacity. And according to uh, Brian Alvarez of uh, Wrestling Observer Live, uh, AEW offered him big money. It's good, and you know what? It's it's just it's just a good thing to see CM Punk back in pro wrestling at all, and I I just don't think CM Punk wanted to be involved in a wrestling capacity at this point. And I don't know. It's just, I'm just happy to see this guy back. It's been too long. It's been five years. The MMA stuff, I was not really sold on that with him as an analyst and as a fighter. He, his world is pro wrestling. And he's going to be a great addition to that WWE backstage show as an analyst. He he will pull no punches and it should be really good with him on that. It'll make it probably improve the ratings that were so bad coming in. But let's get started on the weekend review with Monday Night Raw. Started out with a Becky Lynch promo. It was talking about her upcoming matches and telling everyone in the business to kind of bring it on. Uh, it was a short, simple promo that to get ex- people excited for the match at a survivor series and such. And then they got the people ready for the match coming up with the Becky and Charlotte versus the Kabuki warriors for the women's tag team championships. Uh, Natty could make that match due to dealing with some family matters. Um, but it was an all right match, uh, to start raw. It was a little bit long, I thought, but, uh, and it was also the right move with Oscar and Sane retaining. And then with Baszler and, uh, Bailey getting involved, uh, that that which that caused Becky to get rolled up actually in this match, and it gives Oscar a win over Becky, which could maybe lead to a title match for her in the near future. And it's real, and then Bailey she got a leg up on Lynch afterwards, so that was really nice to see, and it makes her a factor in this match now at Survivor Series, which I'm pretty I'm looking forward to this triple threat. And then we got a promo setting up a six man between the OC. And Orton, Ricochet, 
and Humberto. And then it was interesting because wasn't Orton a heel last week beating up on uh, faces? Uh, but he's going to be on the that he was on that team for that night. It was, I thought that was kind of odd, but Orton's kind of a tweener right now, it seems like. And then we got a Rollins promo, and then crowd was kind of indifferent with them. Uh, he was asking for the UK's best. Imperior, Imperium comes out, uh, and they uh, beat well. They beat down Heavy Machinery last week on SmackDown. It gives us Walter Walter v versus uh, Seth Rollins, and it was less of a match. It was more of a setup for an eight-man tag, which I wish we would have really gotten a match. That would have been really nice to see Walter versus, I can't say Walter versus, but uh, Walter versus Seth Rollins. It would have been nice to actually see that match play out. Um, And then... It was a fun little eight-man tag. I wish uh, Street Profits got a little bit more action in that. It was the Street Profits and Kevin Owens versus Imperium, well, well, along with Seth Rollins versus Imperium. But it was a fun little tag. I just wish we got to see more Dawkins and Ford. And then after, the jiffable moment of the match was... Montez Ford absolutely going ballistic after the win. He's like shaking the rope like Batista and he or Ultimate Warrior if you think. And he was just kept going and going and going and going and going. And that was all over Twitter that night. Following that was a Cedric Alexander versus Andrade match. Uh, it was kind of sloppy at the end. And, and really, it's not doing anything for me for uh, Andrade's sake. Honestly, and honestly, he's not beating any big names so far. He's just kind of, I know he's working himself up a little bit, but he's supposed to be this highly touted prospect, and he's beating pretty much lower mid-carters. And and then, ever since Alexander's lost to Styles, he's completely fell down the card. I'm saying right now he's a lower mid-carter at this point. And then after that, we got the same promo segment we've seen from Aleister Black week after week. Is there nothing for this guy to do? Honestly, they've continuously had him do these promo segments every week, both on Smack when he was back on SmackDown and now when he's on Raw. Uh, find something for him to do. Honestly, what? There's no feud ready for him, I guess. Have him. I don't I don't know. Just find something for him productive to do besides these dumb promo segments where he's picking a fight or wants somebody to pick a fight with him. Just I don't know, find something for him to do. Uh then we got a Lana Bobby Lashley segment with another terrible promo where Rusev comes out on the wrong end of it. And then on this I could not I did not keep tally on this, but I wish somebody would have. Would have. Lana says sex like I don't know how many times, and then she fakes being nine weeks pregnant with Rusev's baby, and then she can't decide if Rusev cheated on her first and such, and then the sex anniversary with Bobby Lashley was seven weeks ago, and honestly, this storyline is absolute trash. Just straight up trash. Terrible promo and segment overall. Lana's, I don't know, she cannot cut a promo for some reason, or they let her go a little bit here, and it was just absolutely horrible. And it 
makes Rusev look like a complete loser once again. And it, it, this this storyline has benefited nobody. Bobby Lashley just looks worse than he already has on the main roster. And then Rusev, this just is not helping his case, and it's not helping Lana either. After that, we got Rowan in a squash match. but uh, And he's carrying around this little thing or whatever. Oh, I forgot something from earlier. It was a couple of uh, matches I actually missed. My bad. But uh, these were after the promo segment for the, to set up the six-man between Ort Ricochet and Humberto and the OC. Uh, it was Drew McIntyre versus Sin Cara. Prolonged squash. And I, 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 so that doesn't do anything for me. Isn't McIntyre supposed to be getting that big push here? And he's not been doing anything that signifies a big push. And then we got R-Truth versus Singh Brothers for the 24-7 championship. It was honestly a pointless segment where the Singh Brothers run into the room and Rowan is in there and then Rowan just beats them down and throws a couch at him. But yeah, I thought that was a pointless segment, but skip along, skipping back to the Rowan squash match. At least he's doing something and at least it gives him some kind of story with trying to figure out what the heck this thing is he has in a cage. But after that, it was the Viking Raiders versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster in a tag team match. Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews, those are superstars on NXT UK. But uh, it was a short little match, fun little sprint. Where, but uh, at least we're not getting some kind of squash match against jobbers this week. At least that's a highlight. Um I, I'll take that. I'll take that. And then the main event of the show, it was a six-man between Humberto, Orton, Ricochet, and then against taking on the OC of Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, and AJ Styles. This continues the Orton kind of Ricochet issues. If uh, Orton was going to hit the RKO on Ricochet, but then he audibles and hits Styles with it, um, this could lead to some kind of uh, I don't know, buffoonery or whatever, where Orton kind of takes out Ricochet on the tag team, in the tag team match. But uh, it wasn't a bad tag team match to finish out Raw. It just didn't feel like a main event, really. But or Carrillo actually pins AJ Styles, so we could see another Carrillo title shot here sometime in the near future. And then he told, tells Ricochet to... That Orton will, well, Orton tells Ricochet that he he'll get what he wants when he wants, and I thought that was all right. Continues the issues between Ricochet and Orton, but this show as a whole wasn't very good. Wasn't very good. Not a great showing for Monday Night Raw this week. It just, uh, just a lot of these matches don't feel like they matter at all, and it doesn't. They, a lot of these guys. And matches on this show have no direction and doesn't lead to anything for him. Like Drew McIntyre, I don't know what this leads to for him. Uh, that Walter Seth Rollins match was kind of pointless. He was, oh, what's, we're going to give you Seth Rollins versus Walter. Oh no, then we're going to take it away from you and get a give you an eight man. And then the Cedric Alexander and Andrade stuff. I don't know what they're doing with Andrade right now. It just seems like they don't have anything ready for him other than just these random matches on the on the on raw and then 
yeah, it was, what, th- almost three or four squash matches on this show. Just not a good show, and the promo work was meh on this show. Other than the Becky Lynch promo kind of to open the show, it was, yeah, this show was not very good. And moving to NWA Power, it started out with Dave Marquez with the Rock and Roll Express talking about how excited to see they are to see Kingston and Homicide versus the Wild Cards for the NWA Tag Team Championships. Kingston comes out after uh, the Rock and Roll Express kind of hypes up the crowd. They say they can't lose tonight, and they call Rock and Roll Express the greatest tag team ever. Uh, Rock and Roll Express has the uh, the longevity, man. They're, they've been around for a very very long time, but this is kind of get, get the crowd pumped up and such. Then we get uh, Trevor Murdoch versus Caleb Conley. This is a fun match with uh, contrasting styles there it, because Conley's more of a high flyer, and then Trevor Murdoch's kind of that smash mouth offense, kind of hardly race like offense. And Trevor Murdoch's just a great throwback to the 80s. Uh, he keeps his win streak going, and then that's what I, yeah, it was, it's just, it was nice to see Murdoch get another win here, keep his momentum going, maybe this leads to him getting a national title shot here in the, in the future, I don't know, I just think it's a good idea to keep Murdoch going, he's, Murdoch's got the fans behind him on that, uh, NWA, in that studio in Atlanta, Georgia, and then we got a Aaron Stevens promo where he's wearing his half pirate garb and, like, half, half his pirate garb is top, and then he declares he's no longer part of NWA and pro wrestling. He quit. And then he's going back to California after he accepts his new movie role. I thought this was an all right segment. It continues the issues with Aaron Stevens and the NWA and kind of his movie career. But uh, I thought that was a, it was a solid segment. And then we get a video recap of Marty Bell joining Thunder Rosa. And... That leads us to a Crystal Rose and Brooklyn Creed versus Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell match. I thought this was an effective squash. It, it made Thunder Rosa look really good, and her offense is hard-hitting and such. I think she's just freaking awesome, really. it's She is going to be a big-money player in NWA power. I, I like her look. I love her look and I love her offense where it's smash mouth hard hitting. And then after the match, we got a post match bell and a Rosa promo, uh, where Rosa is kind of getting translated by bell. And I thought that was a, it's an effective way to use it. Kind of, it's going to be Thunder Rosa's muscles going to be Marty bell. And then saying this is her, her fu- this is her future, and her past is is kind of gone. But uh, she says Allison K has no idea what's coming. And then, like I said, I I thought Bell she's a good translator for Rosa, kind of being that mouthpiece to kind of filter Rosa's Spanish. After that, it was James Storm with a po- they showed a video from last week after his match against Colt Cabana where he lost his NWA national title. Um, it says he's got bigger fish to fry and he's coming after Aldis, which I think that's a makes sense as uh, Camille kind of kind of costed him the title as he kind of got distracted. Uh, 
And then there was an interview with the new national champ, Colt Cabana, uh, talking about how he was injured when he first lost the title to James Storm, and now he's healed. And the proof is in the pudding, and Starks interrupt, uh, Ricky Starks interrupts, and just does a little one-sentence promo. I thought it was nice there. It sets up maybe it sets up a match with those two possibly here soon, as Ricky Starks gotten two wins over Aaron Stevens, and then Colt Cabana is the national champion. We'll see if those two get a match against one another. It'll be interesting to see that. But this show really was so far was very very good. Like I thought this was their one of their best shows overall. NWA Powers. I thought it was very, very good. Um, then we get a video recap of the lead-up at MMA fight for Rosa, which she had last weekend. She lost that fight by unanimous decision, but it's previewing some video package. We'll see uh, later. And then we get an Eli Drake promo talking about Camille not taking care, talking. He don't care about her. He doesn't. He says he doesn't care about her talking. Says all this is afraid that the truth will come out of her mouth, saying she would say. He's the man, well, Drake, that is, breathing down Aldous's neck. And then Wildcard Bram, Wildcard's uh, Thomas Latimer comes out, which is actually Camille's real-life uh, boyfriend, and telling him to mind his own business. And then Ken Anderson creeps up on Eli Drake and says his name twice, pretty much. Fun little segment there. Eli Drake, as always, is very, very good on the mic. Another effective promo. Continue furthering the issues between Eli Drake and Nick Aldis. And then Billy Corgan, he makes an announcement on this video telling people a big announcement is coming and to tell people to sign up for the email list. I'm really curious to what that announcement is coming here soon. But then we get a Tim Storm video recap from last week. Following that is a Nick Aldis interview talking about the James Storm thing from earlier and saying that everything is earned and then, yeah, saying everything is earned and uh, he tells him pretty much that he's going to sit ringside for the next tag match to make sure there are no shenanigans like uh, last week. And then the last thing on that show was the Kingston and Homicide versus Wild Card main event for the NWA Tag Team Championships. This is pro- this was probably the worst thing on the show, but you know what? It wasn't bad. It just seems like it, w- it was a little off. There were some awkward spots. And uh, at the end of the show, it was just kind of a big kind of argument. But uh, Wild Cards do retain their tag team championships. But Camille was out with James Storm, with Eli Drake, the Dawsons, Ken Anderson, as the closing music was being played. But uh, it was a bunch of bickering and stuff to end the show, which I think kind of all their stories are kind of intertwined as James Storm has got issues with Nick Aldis. The Dawsons have has issue, have, have issues with... Uh, the Dawsons have issues with... Kingston and Homicide, and Eli Drake has issues with Nick Aldis, and Ken Anderson has issues with Camille, and it's kind of, everyone's got issues with one another right now, and they have to kind of get those solved, but that was effective at the end, I just that the first watch I didn't think it was, but the match was okay, it just had some awkward spots in it, but the, uh, the closing segment where everyone's bickering, I like that it made sense after thinking about it just here now but yeah this show was very very good overall lots of good promo work effective matches showcasing their stars 
and uh, future stars and future stars. Also, I forgot to mention the D-Man Derek Parker match versus the question mark, which we've been seeing video promos on that. I'm kind of all over the place today. I'm sorry about that, but I, I go through my notes and accidentally skip through one. But it was a uh, D-Man Derek Dan Parker versus the question mark, which we've like we said, they were seeing promos on him for weeks, and we were kind of interesting to interested to see. And then uh, Parker, he did a really good job selling the question marks offense. The question mark is kind of a throwback to those corny like uh, characters back in the 80s and 90s. And it was some kind of like ninja uppercut was the question marks finisher. And I thought this was wacky enough to work. And the fans the fans got really into it too. That little this gimmick of the question mark. We don't know who it is. But like I said, it's a nice throwback to those weird gimmicks from the 80s and 90s. And I, 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 I overall this show was very, very good. This is one of their best, if not their best showing I've seen so far. Moves me to AEW Dynamite. The last show I'll be covering this week. But uh, I thought it was a mistake at the beginning not to do the MJF opening promo. But I'll get more into that later. As uh, They did make up for it, though. I It made sense how they did it. But I would have enjoyed it as he just came out and did it first. But the first thing we see is kind of a Kenny Omega... Well, the first thing we saw was a video package from Full Gear, but then after that, it was an Omega video package where he does he's not cleared and John Moxley is, and he's kind of upset about that. We get Michael Nakazawa versus John Moxley. It was a short squash, right result. He cuts the cuts a promo post match saying that match actually happened right, which was a kind of nice little joke. Uh, saying he respects what Omega did, and then he'll run through everyone until he's the last man standing, and he issues an open challenge to anyone. And I was like, okay. But we'll you'll see who he who answers the challenge here later in the night, which I thought it was a great person to answer the challenge. But uh, the next match was Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy versus Dark Order, Uno and Grayson. The crowd absolutely loves Jungle Boy. Very fun to watch, but uh, still, Dark Order has failed to connect with fans. I wish I could see a video package kind of explaining their motive and such, but the things got kind of sloppy late in this match. It was all right up until that point, but things got sloppy late, and the Dark Order won with Fatality. And we actually get a promo from Dark Order, and then... He offers Marco Stunt to be a creeper. Jungle Boy rips the mask out of his hand. And then he puts the mask on Jungle Boy as they got, they got beat down. Luchasaurus comes in, makes the save, destroys absolutely everybody. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see Luchasaurus return. And I was I tweeted actually during this uh, match that I miss Luchasaurus because I think the Luchasaurus... Jungle Boy combo works the best. Marco stunts all right. It's just, I don't know. It just feels different with Luchasaurus in there. Luchasaurus is more over with the fans. And Luchasaurus is very fun to watch as he can be high-flying and also just hitting you with that smash-mouth offense. And, yeah, I it was effective. And it's nice to see Luchasaurus back. He was not supposedly, they were announcing on TV, that wasn't supposed to be back till January. 
And that uh, that was nice to see because I was I really thought the I really think the Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy combo works the best for Jurassic Express. After that, we get Sean Spears out with Tolly Blanchard versus Peter Avalon and Darby Allen. Uh, Allen, when he came out, he was by far the most over with the fans, as I I've noticed neither Peter Avalon or or uh, Sean Spears are over with the fans. I just, I, Sean Spears is, he's just not, I, I don't think the Tolly combos really helped him at all. I, and it just doesn't seem like he's going to be a, really a big player in this. Uh, NW, uh, not NWA, AEW just doesn't feel, I'm not getting that feeling from him. I don't feel like he's a big deal. And, and as they since he's lost to Cody, he's really not been a big deal. And he's, a lot of his matches have been on AEW Dark. And then Avalon, I'm not really into this librarian gimmick, but I'm not mad at him taking losses left and right because it seems like this character is perfect for him to be taking losses left and right. But uh, Allen gets the win in this as Spears got taken out, kind of taken out of the match with a uh, with uh, Joey Janela coming out, so they kind of brawled and it let Allen win with a coffin drop. And then post match, I love this. Allen answers Moxley's challenge. And uh, it'll be Darby Allen versus John Moxley next week in Indianapolis, which I'll be at that show, and I'm really looking forward to that. That that's going to be exciting. It should be very very fun. As there's kind of some similarities with Allen's and John Moxley's character, they're both very very reckless, and it'll be fun to see them uh, fight each other next week on uh, AEW Dynamite. After that, we get Nyla Rose versus a local jobber and Danny Jordan. This was a squash. Nothing much here, but it's, they're trying to rebuild Nyla Rose as a kind of a beast. She's, yeah, trying to rebuild her as a beast after her loss to Riho just about four or five weeks ago. But it's going to take a bit to kind of rebuild her as she's kind of Fallen off the map since her loss to Rio. She kind of needs a dominant win, though. She needed that dominant win. She got it there. And then a battle royal is announced next week, where the final two will later will meet later in the night for a ring. I do not know what that is about, but hopefully that's a ring that gives a title match or something. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of an odd gimmick, and I didn't really think that's gonna work. But uh, we'll see if it does, but it just doesn't seem like a great idea to me. And then we get the building going dark. After Allie was trying to cut a pro, kind of talk with uh, Tony Schiavone, we get the building going dark, and then the lights kind of trickle on a little bit. And then it's Awesome Kong coming out. She beats down Allie, and uh, Brandy Rhodes gives a... Awesome Kong, the knife, and they take a piece of her scalp or whatever, her hair, and that uh, it keeps this thing going with Awesome Kong kind of collecting scalps and such. It's kind of a weird thing, I guess. It's It was okay. Allie hasn't gotten really any TV time so far because she was talking how she want, she's I'll showcase herself on AEW Dark and not AEW Dynamite. She was going to be on there. But uh, this probably will lead to a match between Allie and Awesome Kong where Awesome Kong is probably going to be very dominant. They're trying to build up Awesome Kong as this absolute monster. And I think she's going to be probably the one that's going to unseat Riho for the AEW 
Women's World Championship. But I thought it was it was okay. Nothing great. The, the promo stuff in this show was... I don't know, some of the show, stuff in the show was not very good. And we're getting kind of these repeat things where the lights going are going out. They really need to cool that. It's kind of gotten old here recently. I've noticed that after. They do, do this so often. They do it with the Sean Spears entrance. They do that to the Nyla Rose entrance. There's a way to transition into stuff. There's more than one way to transition into stuff. It's not just, oh, so let's turn the lights out and then we'll turn it on and we'll transition into something else. There's other ways to do that. And then we get a Jericho promo next. As he's talking about, he wants to get a thank you from AEW. He takes a millennial stab at Cody. MJF shows up in a biggest, a freaking huge troll as he shows up using Cody's entrance that was awesome. It makes him even more of a a-hole. And uh, MJF cuts a promo calling Cody the real villain. And he's pretty much telling everyone that Cody couldn't give a crap about anyone else except himself. And he's like, oh, I'm the only person that knows the real Cody. And then just kind of calls him a couple names and such. And the fans are calling for BS on that. And... Uh, Cody couldn't hold. He's telling everyone that Cody couldn't hold him down. MJF is saying that and uh, saying he's the new face of the company. MJF says that they talk inner circle, and MJF accidentally calls them inner circle jerk, which was kind of funny. Uh, it was fun to see these guys banter him and Chris Jericho, and they go back and forth. It's kind of annoying. He's like, "You want me in inner circle and stuff?" And blah 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 blah. They keep going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and then Jericho says, no, then Jericho and MJF says, okay, who's the biggest J, like donkey in the W in AEW? And they just kind of go one, two, three, Cody, Cody. And it's like, oh, that was, it was pretty funny. That was a great moment. It was a stepbrothers-esque moment where it's like, it was a stepbrothers-esque moment. It reminds me of the movie Step Brothers, where they are kind of going back and forth, back and forth about like they're asking them certain things and then it's like who's the one guy you'd sleep with and it was like do 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 John Stamos it it was like that and they named Cody instead as the biggest uh donkey in uh AEW I thought this was a fun promo and then Cody comes out gets beaten down after after uh, Wardlow debuts, after the Jericho and MJF kind of banter back and forth, they hug. Which does that? Which does that mean they're going to be in inner circle together now? As uh, Wardlow kind of goes and beats Cody down, and they kind of hang him by his uh, his tie. So does this mean? Uh, and this brings up the question: Does this mean that MJF and Wardlow are in inner cir- in, are in the inner circle now, or uh, what? I don't know. Then uh, it was a pack and page match. It was a nice callback to uh, Page's moonsault by Pack. They did a lot of callback spots to their previous matches, but Pack gets his win back here. I don't know why they just didn't do the Pack win on pay per view. It would have made more sense, but you know what? I'll take the Pack win here as he won with the Black Arrow and then the Brutalizer. Pack showing his mean streak. 
And then uh, Proud and Powerful, it cuts to that. Proud and Powerful and the Bucks brawling backstage. The best part of this segment was uh, Orange Cassidy showing up as uh, Proud and Santana knocked down the door. And uh, Cassidy was just standing there being all chill and stuff. Uh, But it was just a big brawl where Proud and Powerful ends up getting the upper hand on the Bucks and such. I, I, I don't... There's other ways to tell a story than brawl every week. They've done this. They've done brawls every single week, almost. It feels like since the opening of the since the show started, it'd be a nicer. There'd be. There's got to be some other way to tell a story other than brawl every single week and kind of continue their issues. I thought it was. I thought it was over at a AEW Full Gear after the. Uh, well, never mind. It was because that Morton post-match segment or whatever, Morton and uh, Robert Gibson, where they kind of beat down Proud and Powerful. But, uh, yeah, it was... I just don't think... the brawl, Brawling is only going to be effective for so long, and then fans will stop caring about it here soon. So they got to find a way to tell a story other than doing that kind of brawl every week. But uh, the main event followed, and that was SCU with Christopher Daniels. Versus Jericho and Guevara with Jake Hager for the tag team championship. I thought this was a fun match, fun tag team match to close the show. And it gives Scorpio Sky a win against Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho had to lose at some time or another. But uh, Scorpio Sky gets the win with an inside cradle. It's Jericho's first loss in AEW. This will probably set up his next challenger, he'll probably have Scorpio Sky face Jericho for the world championship here soon as he's the only guy in AEW to own a pinfall victory over Chris Jericho. And I really think Scorpio Sky has what it takes to be a star in the star in AEW. He's got the look. He's got he can cut a promo. He's got the moveset. He's a fun guy to watch. He's over with the fans. But this is going to be a nice star-making opportunity for Scorpio Sky. And like I mentioned earlier, for Darby Allen and John Moxley, this could be a star-making moment for Darby Allen too. So at least they're kind of trying to get new guys over with the fans and kind of give new guys an opportunity to get in that title picture and kind of get big matches. But uh, this show was all right overall. I didn't think it was their best show. I'm seeing some glaring issues with the dark, the kind of going dark and stuff and coming out and uh, going dark and then a new guy coming out or not new guy coming out, but going dark as they're transitioning into something. It doesn't need to be done every single time they transition into something. They just need to do maybe like entrance music just to bring them out or whatever. But uh, also the... The brawling, it's kind of getting old already. They kind of need to, it needs to be feel special. These brawls don't feel special when you do them almost every single week. But I thought it was an all right show. Good wrestling on the show for the most part. But yeah, I didn't think it was their best show. Their last week's show was really, really good with uh, the promos and stuff leading up to full gear. But yes. I thought it was an all right show, and that's going to close out my kind of analysis of these shows for the week. These are my rankings for this week. Number one, well, number three, Monday Night Raw. Just not a good show from them this week. Number two is AEW Dynamite, and we got a new number one for this week, NWA Power. I thought NWA Power 
had the most consistent show throughout and produced the best stuff with the promos and effective matches and such. And I thought this their show was just a tad bit better than AEW Dynamite. Monday Night Raw didn't have a very good show this week. But uh and those are my rankings for this week. NWA Power takes the cake. But before I go, make sure to follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on either Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube. Make sure to listen in to my next episode of The Weekend Review coming up next week on Thursday, probably, as I will be at AEW Dynamite and won't be able to get to, well, it won't be able to record until Thursday night, but I'll have that episode up for you then. And as always, thank you all for listening to Sig Daddy's wrestling show, and uh, so long, everybody.